And what that really tells us is that despite you know, the economic uncertainty regarding inflation that we haven't frankly seen in decades, higher mortgage rates, a very volatile stock market, and the war in Ukraine, American consumers remain largely confident about their own situations. Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borgson-Keto. One of the most watched and talked about property sectors is retail, especially over the last few years. Here today to give his own unique insight into what's happening in the retail space is Tom O'Hearn, CEO of Maceridge. Tom, welcome to The REIT Report. Well, happy to join you today, Sarah. Thank you. So, Tom, let's start with a broad overview of the state of the American retail consumer today. How confident are they? Where are they shopping? And what is Maceridge saying for its part? Well, Sarah, as I said in our recent first quarter earnings call, the resiliency of the American consumer is amazing. It is once again on display. Shoppers have come roaring back to our centers to shop with a purpose as we've gotten to the backside of this COVID pandemic. We continue to see a high conversion rate. Traffic today is about 95% of what it was pre-COVID, but sales are 111% in the first quarter of what they were pre-COVID. That's comparing the first quarter of 22 to the first quarter of 2019. And what that really tells us is that despite you know, the economic uncertainty regarding inflation that we haven't frankly seen in decades, higher mortgage rates, a very volatile stock market, and the war in Ukraine, American consumers remain largely confident about their own situations. And look, we're all eager to enjoy our lives after two years of being locked down as a result of COVID. It's uh, especially interesting when we look at the sales increases during the last few quarters that we see in our portfolio of town centers in great markets that virtually every category is up. Apparel, beauty, home goods, sporting equipment, food, beverage, fitness, wellness, entertainment, you name it. It's kind of across the board. And we see the retailers reacting to those positive trends. There's an incredible demand, robust and accelerating demand for space in virtually all categories. So it's a, it's a very interesting time in our business. And could you describe to the listeners about the concept of the regional town center as developed by Mace Rich and really how the traditional mall model has evolved over the past few years? You know, in the past, malls and shopping centers have been exactly that, places to shop primarily for, you know, apparel and, and shoes. I'm going back, you know, 10 years and beyond. Maceridge's regional town properties are, are properties with a purpose, places with more uses and more meanings than ever before. And I can point to one example, Tyson's Corner in the Washington, D.C. market. Tyson's Corner Center has 2 million square feet of very strong powerhouse retail. But we've also added a hotel, an office building, a residential tower. It's connected to a train station. And there's a wide variety of food and beverage. And there's frankly quite a bit more to come. So you see our town centers are well located. They're in strong markets. And today they're like Tyson's, they're delivering more reasons for people to come spend time with us all throughout the day and evening. So it's not just shopping, it's far more than that. You know, our town centers bring together a very powerful mix of uses that benefit retailers and each other. And unlike 10 years ago, they're including multifamily, uh, residential in many locations, office, medical office, hotels, wellness destinations, fitness centers. And I think today the consumer has a much greater appreciation for the physical setting than they ever did before after what we've all been through the past few years. Great. And how would you describe the tenant leasing trends that you're seeing across different segments of both established and emerging brands, as well as non-retail concepts? Well, Sarah, in one word, I'd have to say robust. 
leasing volumes and deal flow in our portfolio are up significantly. During the first quarter of 2022, for example, we signed 220 leases. That was a 22% increase over the volume in the first quarter of 21, which was a fairly strong leasing quarter. In fact, these are volumes that we have not seen since 2015. And the depth and breadth of the leasing demand we're seeing across all categories is a key reason we believe that there's staying power for this kind of uh, demand and physical retail renaissance that began last year and is continuing into this year. Leasing interest is coming, as I mentioned, from a lot of different areas, health and fitness, such as lifetime fitness, food, beverage, entertainment, sports concepts you know, that didn't exist a few years ago, including pinstripes in round one co-working, hotels, multifamily, and all of these are at demand levels we've never seen before. You know, in addition, the digitally native brands, which is still a relatively small percentage of our total business, they continue to push for more brick and mortar locations. And that includes people like Aloe Yoga, Allbirds, Lucid, and Polestar, just to name a few. An interesting thing happened along the way early in the early days of COVID, a lot of retailers that were kind of at the end of their life cycle went bankrupt. And what we have today is we have Retailers that have um, survived COVID, they have strength and balance sheets, they're financially in a much better position to expand and have new store openings than they were pre-COVID. In fact, retail bankruptcies are at a record low. I think we only had one space that went into bankruptcy in the first quarter of this year, for example. That's an all-time low. So the combination of all these positive factors really have us very bullish about leasing and operations for the rest of 22 and into 23. We also, interestingly, are seeing a robust demand for our common area space, specifically advertising, and a lot of that is digital signage. So that uptick is a good sign. It shows other business segments, including cars, movies, travel, are confident as well that you know we're, we're going to come through this and be, uh, be sound as consumers. And I read recently that Mace Rich has participated in a venture capital firm, Fifth Wall's $100 million retail fund. What are some of your hopes and expectations for the fund? And really, what impact could it have on retail going forward? Well, I'll give a little bit of history on that, Sarah. We initiated that investment five years ago. Then it was primarily a fund that invested in startup retailers, specifically digitally native brands. So for us, it was a very strategic investment. It was a way for us to get exposed to new retailers, and not just from an investment standpoint, but as we looked at these possible investments, were these retailers that we thought would fit and do well in our centers. There were literally hundreds of startup digitally native brands trying to grow and survive. And Fifth Wall really helped us sort through all those possibilities. When you look at Fifth Wall today, they've kind of evolved uh, beyond just um, startup retail. They're also big in the prop tech sector and have funds there. Uh, and that connects people with built environments in person and online. And it's exciting to be part of that also. So just to give you a few examples of our relationship and how that has evolved into mall-based tenants, you know, a couple of digitally native brands um, that we met through Fifth Wall that are now in our centers include Untucket, Madison, Reed, and Allbirds, you know, relatively mature digital brands that um, have evolved to brick and mortar and are doing quite well. Now turning to Mace Rich's redevelopment activity, what are you targeting in terms of expenditure this year? And is the one West Side project in LA indicative of the types of projects that you want to do more of in the future? Yes. I mean, as you may know, during the pandemic, when it hit in March of 2020, we put the brakes on the development process. We didn't know the depth and length of the impact of the pandemic. So we're ramping up again. We expect to spend about $100 million this year and uh, probably about $150 million next year. 
That, to point out, though, does exclude West Side One, which is fully financed by a construction loan on One West Side, which is our joint venture that you mentioned. It's in Los Angeles and it's with HPP. And it's on the former location of the West Side Pavilion Shopping Center. And that's an example of a very productive redevelopment and repurposing of uh, high-value real estate. The project delivered 584,000 square foot, three-level creative office space to Google, and it's expected to open later this year. And we continue to secure entitlements and plan transformative projects elsewhere in the portfolio, including in the Bloomingdale's box at Santa Monica Place, or considering entertainment and office uses, as well as the former Lord & Taylor parcel at Tyson's Corner, where we plan mixed uses and possibly some flagship retail. We have a couple great um, former Sears locations, one at Washington Square, one at Los Cerritos, and we plan mixed-use densification expansions there. Flatiron Crossing in Broomfield, Colorado, we're planning a multi-phase mixed-use densification. And at Carolyn Commons in the Phoenix market, we have plans to expand and add 125 multifamily units in an office building. So we've got a fairly full pipeline that we have re-engaged on and um, expect that to move forward fairly, fairly expeditiously over the course of the next four or five years. And would you say that that office would be playing a more, um, just really a larger role in Mesa Rich's portfolio going forward? To some extent. I mean, I think if we focus on one aspect of that, Sarah, we were on the front edge of adding co-working to the mall environment when we added Industrious to Scottsdale Fashion Square in 2019. They took second level space that was formerly the Barney's department store. And we added that. It brings about 400 consumers to our site daily. And we, we think it's a great addition to the town center tenant mix. We've done you know, three or four deals with them subsequent to that. And I expect that trend to continue. We really like that as an additional use at our properties. In terms of more traditional um, office, I think in, in certain situations, it won't be as pervasive as co-working, but there'll be opportunities to do that. I mentioned Tyson's Corner. You know, we may see some office demand uh, in Santa Monica as well. We're possibly going to do that in Washington Square on the Sears parcel, and we are planning on doing an office building at Flatiron Crossing. So uh, we think it's going to be a bigger part of our portfolio, but it won't exist for us at every single asset. You know, we do think that post-pandemic, as hybrid work becomes more and more the norm for companies across the country, that people will choose to work uh, closer if they have a choice, and that will create opportunities for us, specifically in co-working. Great. Now, uh, Mace Rich has really distinguished itself on the sustainability front, but what's next for the company in this area? Well, there continues to be more and more emphasis on sustainability and, and ESG in general, and that's just one part of it. And we have a strong dedication to ESG principles, and it frames much of what we do as a company, how we treat people, how we support communities, and how we approach environmental sustainability. We've won numerous awards in the past 10 years, including uh, multiple times the NAREIT's Leader of the Light Award for the top REIT on sustainability. And we've also had a top RESPI ranking in each of the past eight years. So we've been very committed to it for some time now. Our biggest goal is we're on track to become carbon neutral by 2030, which is literally two decades ahead of the expectation from the Paris Climate Agreement. And that's important to note because our industry, it's estimated the real estate industry today currently generates about 40% of all greenhouse gas emissions. So we're trying to do our part to reduce that. And we feel that in shaping the future of a quality real estate, particularly town centers, we have to and will remain fully committed to advancing environmental goals, as well as social good and, and sound corporate governance. And I, I'm happy to report that our most recent corporate responsibility report, uh, which covers our ESG accomplishments and plans, gives an abundance of detail on what we're doing and what we plan to do. And that will drop on our website within the next two weeks. And I invite all of you to take a, a close look at that. 
And Tom, as you look ahead, what are really some key trends involving consumers and tenants that you'll be closely watching and paying attention to? Well, Sarah, I think we're going to continue to see the consumer want to visit places that are diverse and densified in terms of uses. So we're going to continue that push throughout our portfolio to make them more than just traditional historical retail type environments. I think that's going to continue and you're going to see the higher quality retail-based properties do that. I think people you know, coming out of the pandemic are increasingly uh, prioritizing best in-person experiences from travel to dining to shopping. And that's going to be important, you know, as part of our accelerated, as the accelerated flight to quality by the consumer, we're paying close attention to how shoppers and brands continue to want to align with companies that reflect their values. More and more people are choosing to do business with companies that share their priorities, including sustainability, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I would say Maestrich is proud to be a company that is working to achieve goals on all of those fronts. Excellent. Tom, thanks so much for spending time with the REIT Report today. Thank you. Enjoyed it, sir. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.